Coming up, do the Blue Jays have the best home field in baseball? And looking ahead to the 2023 ballot, do guys like A-Rod get in? Discussing it all next with Sully Baseball. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, thatmyportfolio.com. I'm there you can see my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends as i mentioned we're talking to sully baseball today about the blue jays having the best home field advantage and we're discussing a whole bunch of the hall of fame with big poppy getting in and looking at the 2023 ballot so let's jump right into it today's episode is brought to you by blue nile make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue nile and right now, you can have the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever place. Go to BlueNile.com today. Hey, who, look who's off the IL. Look who's coming off the bench. Look who's back. It's Miller Thomas. He's over there, and I'm your pal, Sully. Feeling positive, testing positive. Let's do Locked On MLB. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked on MLB, Locked on Diamondbacks crossover. This is the weekly meetup where I bring our good pal Miller Thomas on to yap about the state of baseball. I am your positive tested host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Call me Positive Sully. I am safely social distanced from everybody currently listening to my slightly more exhausted voice. And joining me is the host of Locked on Diamondbacks, my buddy Miller Thomas, more than six feet away from me here in the luxurious Locked on MLB studios in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Miller Thomas, tell people where you are, who you are, and why you are. Yeah, I'm in Arizona. I haven't tested recently, but maybe I should go do that pretty soon just to be safe. But I should be in Puerto Rico right now, but my flight got canceled, so we rebooked it and we're heading out tomorrow. So if you are listening to Lockdown Dimebacks during the week, it's all going to be pre-recorded podcasts. Speaking of Lockdown Dimebacks, follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, Lockdown Dimebacks, on all podcasting platforms and on YouTube at Lockdown Dimebacks. And of course, check out Sully on Lockdown MLB on YouTube as well. Yeah, and we're at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, big thanks to Jeff Carr. Big thanks to um, uh, Lindsay, to H Town, to everyone who filled in on the few days where I could not do the podcast. When, uh, hey, COVID's no joke, everyone. It's no joke. Uh, and uh, I'm very happy that I was, uh, I've been 
double vaccinated, double boosted. And here I am in day four of this and I'm coming out the other side. Believe me, I didn't sound like this. By the way, the, the behind the scenes mechanism of, of today's show, which I'm recording on my phone because for whatever reason, my laptop was not allowing me to connect with Millard. I'm telling you, the baseball gods were doing everything to say, Sully, take another day off. But I said, no, no, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to play through this because I'm boosted. I'm ready to play. And I know that's best for the team that I'm Paul Sullivan. That means the opposite of me would be Paul Goldschmidt, who uh, (laughs) Look it, I know I'm going to get some hate emails because I always get hate emails whenever I imply things like vaccinations work. Maybe we should use them Uh, as I am coming out the other end of this. I'm just going to stick to baseball on this and say Paul Goldschmidt's a buffoon Uh, for just for baseball reasons. Okay, Goldschmidt. Uh, who is part of a baseball culture who uh, just a decade ago were getting injections from Alex Rodriguez's cousin in a bathroom are now terrified of vaccines that actually work being delivered by doctors. Now, maybe he would feel better if A-Rod's cousin came in and gave it to him in a bathroom stall. But either way, uh, the Cardinals are going to be going to Toronto and they're going to be without Paul Goldschmidt, who is the front runner to win the National League most valuable player. And oh, by the way, they're also going to go without Nolan Arenado, who is probably a top 10 MVP finisher in the National League this year. And look at, I, want to, I was going to bring something else up at the beginning, but I'm going to get this out of the way. Just get, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to talk about this the whole show, but I am talking about this in terms of baseball, okay? The Cardinals are hanging on to their playoff lives right now. As I'm recording this, they're, they're a playoff team by a single game ahead of San Francisco and ahead of Philadelphia. Okay? San Francisco has pretty good pitching. And if they dip into the, the market and pick up a decent hitter, they can make up one game over the last few months. And Philadelphia has talent and maybe they'll get Bryce Harper back or maybe they'll make a big deal. I don't know. But you know, and they're they're behind Milwaukee by a couple of games. They're they're not a lock to make the postseason. And if we get to the end of the year, don't worry, Miller, I'm not gonna filibuster here. But I've been out for a couple of days. I'm just getting warmed up. If the Cardinals Go to Toronto. And I don't know if you what you saw what they've done to Boston this weekend, uh, but yeah. I still I still think they're scoring runs on Friday, even though it's Sunday right now. You mean um, my you mean my dark horse team to maybe knock off a top contender suddenly at the Boston? Yeah, yeah. The Red Sox, uh, they were they were not told that the all-star break is over. And um the wow, Wally is pitching for them these days. The, the the Blue Jays bats have uh, had they found their swing and um, it, the Cardinals going there with a depleted offense. It is not out of the realm of possibility that the Cardinals could miss the postseason by one or two games. And if they go up to Toronto with an intentionally weakened team, lose a series there and miss the postseason by one game. Um, I'm 
not a hundred percent sure how much the he's doing it for his own personal cause and his own personal integrity argument is going to hold over with a lot of St. Louis fans. If that's the case. Yeah, we'll see because it definitely sucks. I mean, like you said, it's a huge home field advantage right now for Toronto for teams just to go in there and lose maybe 10% of their roster because of vaccination rules. But at the same time, if I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan, like I think I would feel differently maybe if it was like more a baseball rule, but it's like a Toronto rule, really. It's like kind of what the NBA had with Kyrie Irving in New York. Like it was a New York rule. Like other teams and players that were unvaccinated could still go into New York and play with just Kyrie that couldn't play. So maybe if it was more of a baseball rule, maybe if I was like a St. Louis fan, I would look at Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnott, a little bit differently because you're literally going against the grain of baseball but because more of a country rule with what toronto is doing over there maybe i wouldn't feel as bad uh you know i still would feel bad because paul goldschmidt nolan are not aren't over there but i feel like it's a little bit different when it's the country in putting the rule in as opposed to major league baseball doing it so it definitely sucks because i think you know even though we play 162 games it's still crazy how close these finishes come toward the end that's why i'm like i don't think we need to play 162 games 112 games 100 100 games doesn't matter how long the season is it's still going to be a close playoff race whether you play 200 games whether you play 100 games that's why i think we need to shorten the season but if you're you know if you're st louis like it does suck that your two best players aren't going to be over there during the close race but at the end of the day it's more of a Toronto rule than a baseball rule anyway. And they're doing it to themselves. I'm sorry. They're doing it to themselves. They made that decision. And uh, so um, here's my violin playing for Paul Goldschmidt. You made the decision. Uh, I have some strong words to say, but I'm keeping it to baseball here. And uh, he made the decision to make a team worse in this series. Now, here's another thing, though. And this may be even a bigger factor. The way this newfangled wild card playoff thing is set up, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a best of three series, but it's played in one location. As of right now, one of those locations is Toronto. Now, what if you get to the elimination playoff series? And, ooh, I'm not going to go play in it because I'm afraid to go to CVS. Um, how's that going to fly? It's now we're not talking about 152 games. We're talking about we have to win two, and this is the postseason. Well, but, you know, I'm afraid of pharmacy. So it, how much is that going to fly if your team, now look, like if the Blue Jays are one of those, you know, it's, if I'm not mistaken, the the team the division winner with the worst record, which right now would be Minnesota, and the wild card team with the best record, which right now I believe if if Toronto wins and Tampa loses, then that's Toronto. Um, then if you're Tampa, Boston, Baltimore, Seattle, whatever the other teams are, you gotta say, hey, uh, get vaxxed or don't play in the playoffs. No, it's going to have major implications, uh, this Toronto thing. like It's going to be huge for the postseason, specifically in the American League. And I don't know. It's going to be one of those things that gets pretty weird because if Toronto does make it to the World Series and we do look at this home field rule as like a, a big reason as to why, like I don't know, are we going to have the asterisk talk as to maybe it's the reason why Toronto made it to the World Series or are going to like yeah. um, diminish what they do? I don't know. I'm just saying what the national conversation could be. If we look at Toronto, it's like, all right, you know, half the, when the team's going there, ten percent of the roster is not playing because of whatever. You know, philosophy. Get vaccinated. That's what. That's how we solve the problem. Get vaccinated. 
It's very easy. Then you can put your team in a position to have those great memories for the rest of your life and maybe even win a ring. And hey, if you want to pop the question or celebrate a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as the one you love, the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. This weekend, one of my great friends in the world got married in, uh, up in the Bay Area, and I'm so thrilled for them. And I saw their diamond. I saw the ring. It's pretty good. I, 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 you know, obviously, I wasn't physically there, but they showed it to me. And uh, I asked them about it, and they said, you know what? We didn't get the best deal. I said, here's the problem. You can go to BlueNile.com. And do you know what? Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers with then handcraft specific engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. So guess what? You got to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on right now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% off on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships are free, and arrives in discreet packaging. They won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever place. Go to BlueNile.com today. Hey, uh, I'm on my phone. Miller Thomas is in his luxury studio. And um, I'm, I'm done talking about COVID. All I've been talking about COVID is for the last week. And I just had, I had to get into the Goldschmidt thing because, you know, look, if, you, if, you're, if you're mad at someone, if you, want, if you want to write hate stuff, just send all your angry tweets and emails to creatorthomas24 mm-hmm. on Twitter. Because, you know, Millard was the one who put me up to that. I don't know. After um, my take, I might have some Q and on uh, DMs. I don't know. <laughs> Bring it. Uh, no, send it to me at Sully Baseball. I, I, I believe me. I've, I've gotten worse. Um, uh, by the way, let's start with something for happy and fun. Uh, the Hall of Fame inductions were today on on Sunday. David Ortiz, one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, I know he did PEDs. Do you want? There's some players in there who did PEDs. And I don't care. I don't care. We're going to eventually have, uh, he, he was great for the sport and he, and a hall of fame museum is incomplete without him. Just like, I think it's incomplete without Clemens. It's incomplete without bonds. And guess what? I think it's incomplete without Sammy Sosa. What Sammy's, how many people, the, the sport of baseball was saved by McGuire and Sosa. And we're going to pretend that they didn't do what they did. Good and Lord. He- how many how many people are huge baseball fans now because they grew up watching Sammy Sosa? Let's let's knock off, knock off. Like, look at, I'm a I'm a big Hall guy. I want people in there who who made the game great. And Ortiz, obviously, to me, he he was amazing. Um, I'm glad that Jim Cott and Tony Oliva are alive are still alive for their long overdue inductions to the hall of fame. There was no reason why Minnie Minosa and Buck O'Neill are posthumous. They could have been put in, in their lifetime. I mean, what a wonderful speech we would have had from Buck O'Neill and Minnie Minosa, who was just filled with life and positivity 
Uh, it came up like he came up as a pinch hitter in the 70s and is in the 80s. So he could play in, in the was it, it was the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. I think was he played at all those broke the color barrier in the city of Chicago um, was one of those ubiquitous figures in White Sox history. No reason why he should have been in posthumously. But you know what? Better late than never, at least. Um, Gil Hodges, who died just before the start of the uh, 1972 season. I hope this brings the end of a debate because there was he wasn't in for many years because he was a very good player. And he was the manager of the Mets when they won the World Series, one of the most shocking World Series ever. And then he died. And if you combine his whole career... That's a Hall of Fame career. But for some reason, well, he has to go in as either a player or as a manager. And he didn't do enough in either. So like, or how about putting him in as a great figure in baseball? What, what, why do we have such hard, fast rules to celebrate people? Um, Gil Hodges, I'm glad, is in. Obviously, I mentioned Minosa. Bud Fowler, who was a, uh, uh, a pioneer African-American player from the 19th century. Um, again, uh, Posthumous, in case you were wondering. Uh, <laughs> Most of these guys. But, but you know what? I, I'm all for when you have some like a Bud Fowler and so have people ask, who is that? And it asks questions and, and you begin to celebrate history. Um, I, I would love to go to Hall of Fame induction one of these years. Uh, and uh, I haven't been to Cooperstown for a long, long time. But uh, it's it's always a happy experience. It's a celebration of everything good in baseball. Yeah. Also, shout out Barry Bonds because today's his birthday. So he gets to watch the Hall of Fame inductions on the day. He's no longer eligible for the Hall of Fame on his birthday. Must be a great day for Barry over there. But happy to see my guy because I know we both grew up as Red Sox fans. Happy to see my oh. guy, Big Poppy, uh, make the Hall of Fame as well. Because um, we also can't forget, like, we almost lost Big Poppy back in 2019 to a shooting. And it's crazy how far yeah. you come with his recovery and seeing just him back in the national spotlight. Like he's retaken over baseball as like a huge figure once again um, with what he's been doing with the the broadcast stuff. So it's been really great to see Big Poppy again, just because personally I grew up as like a Red Sox, Lakers, Saints fan. And there's a, potentially a world in alternate timeline. Wait, where wait I, what? Yeah, wait, it's, what? It's, a weird com- it's a weird combo. You know, we don't got to get into the nitty gritty of it, but there's an alternate timeline where I lose maybe Big Poppy and Kobe Bryant in back-to-back years. And that million yeah. times, it's just absolutely devastated. So um, I'm glad to see Big Poppy recover. And just overall, like, it, it's still kind of crazy, though, that he's, like, pretty much, like, the only dude from the Hall of Fame voting that actually got in. Like, even if you look past the Barry Bonds and the Roger Clemens, like, guys like Scott Rowland and Todd Helton, yeah. those guys of the world that were on the ballot, too. Like, it is crazy that... Big Poppy's the only guy. And I do like the exclusiveness of the MLB Hall of Fame because like the Basketball Hall of Fame, it feels like every dude gets in. But I do like the exclusiveness of the MLB Hall of Fame. It's just the political game that comes into the voting and everything that else around it that I don't like. We see it also in the NFL Hall of Fame when guys like Terrell Owens aren't first ballot Hall of Famers, even though he's like top two in every wide receiving category. So let's take the politics out the Hall of Fame and let's make sure to just put the best players in there. Um, obviously there's some things with steroids and PDs. I guess that muckies it up because I still think guys like Barry Bond should be in, but guys like A-Rod shouldn't be in there. So it, it okay. can't be so really picky, but. Okay. Now let me ask you that. That's interesting. Um, you, you, you think Bond should be in, but Rodriguez should not. Yeah. Um, now why? Because I feel like pre 2004 steroids were accepted in baseball. And then after 2004, we pretty much 
tested every you know few months, whatever the testing regimen, and and we actually cared about doing steroids. We actually had suspensions and rules in place. It was pretty much a wild west pre 04 with no rules in place. So pre 04, it was okay in baseball, and basically we looked past it. But after 04, we actually tried to crack down. So if you were still trying to do steroids once we put rules in place, then I look at you differently. All right, I can. I don't know if I necessarily align with that, but I, I, I'll at least I'll understand where you're coming from. Sully and I will continue to look ahead to next year's ballot, and if you want to bet on who you think can make next year's Hall of Fame ballot, you need to go to BetOnline.net to make that bet. If you think A Rod's gonna get in, because BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts A-Rod was a Hall of Fame level player with roids or not. And I think he's the greatest third baseman in Yankee history. Uh, and I think that he was an extraordinary talent. And he gets a lot of hate that I don't always understand. And this is coming from a guy who was there when he slapped the ball at the Royal Club and classic booing the dude. But it gets to be ridiculous. Um you know, how much the, the, the vilification of him, it seems to go beyond steroids. And it's because it was always, it was always there before we even knew he was a juicer. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when people thought he was clean, people still hated him. So I, I, I never, I don't I know. That, that, I think it's also because he was also a guy that was like great in the regular season. Kind of like that Peyton Manning issue. It felt like he didn't perform as well in the postseason. So I think also people felt like maybe he was overrated. We talked about him as one of the best players in baseball. But when we got to the big stage, he didn't always come through in those moments. But, you know, that being said, he also was uh, he carried the Yankees to the 09 World Series title. Mm-hmm. And that changed things. Before that 09, it, it wasn't like well, even after that. Though, even after that, they were still booing him like he was a bum. Yeah. I mean, he, he, there's only uh, Jeter became the captain in 2003, and under Jeter's captainhood, they won one World Series, and that was basically won by A Rod. And by the way, if Rivera had had um, had uh, uh, locked down the save in 2004. Uh, against Boston, and there was no Dave Roberts steal or anything. A-Rod was the MVP, basically, of that series against Minnesota in the division series. And he batted like 400 with three homers in the ALCS up until that point. So he would have been looked upon as a massive postseason performer if they had completed the sweep. And they, they would have killed the Cardinals in that World Series. So he would have been looked upon like Reggie as a big superstar who came over and delivered. But, um, you know, you, in the upcoming ballot, 
Um, you're going to see like A-Rod is still on it. Manny Ramirez is still on it. Todd well, Helton is on it. Yeah, let, let me ask you real quick about Manny because he's like A-Rod. Like, I love Manny. He was one of the best players I ever saw, but then he like tested negative like oh, or tested positive. Like, he failed like basically yeah. like five tests in his career. Like, I, I, put him, like, him in. I, I still put him in. I don't know. Maybe I'm too, too forgiving. Um, Ramirez, I've always said Manny Ramirez was part – he was the – his baseball IQ, his hitting IQ, he was like he was like Joe DiMaggio. I mean, he was as a right-handed hitter. He wasn't just a big home run hitter. I mean, he was a tremendous offensive power. And so he was part Joe DiMaggio and part Gilligan. Like you sit there and you go, like, what is he doing? What are you doing, Manny? Uh, I, as someone who was a fan of Manny when he was with Boston, and then I moved to Los Angeles right around the same time he got traded to the Dodgers and I saw the, how he was immediately embraced by, you know, it was Manny Wood. And then a year later, Dodger fans were like, we got to get this guy out of here. And uh, I, I've equated rooting for Manny Ramirez is like a weekend in Las Vegas. It starts off so much fun. You can't believe all the fun you have. And then it starts to get a little uncomfortable and then you start looking around and your friends are like, wait, what's going on? Should we get out of here? What's happening here? Are we in trouble? And then when it's over, it's like, thank God that's over. But then you look at your friends and go, it was kind of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, that was kind of fun. That's rooting for Manny Ramirez. Um, Beltran. Like uh, uh, Sheffield is an interesting case. Yeah. Todd Helton is an interesting case. I, I would be crazy. When you look at his stats, his baseball reference, it's like career 300 with 900 OPS over like 22 years. It's crazy. He had a great career. Yeah. He had a great career. And he had also a – he was someone he, in the when the Marlins won the World Series in 97. He delivered big time in the postseason a bunch of times. Um, he, he had a wonderful career. Well, one of the things that, that hurt his reputation is that he changed teams sometimes within the game. Yeah, he just he never was he was bouncing around. Um, he was a wonderful player. Uh, he had a, he the two players who had a swing similar to him, and there are two these are two players who are physically very different. But Gary Sheffield and Andre Dawson were both two players who I saw play live, whose bat speed was so fast and their swing was so level that there's Gary Sheffield's swing and Andre Dawson's swing looked like a helicopter blade. It was just like, it was so fast and level. like, And you're just, and it was terrifying. Both of those players, I'm not saying they personally were terrifying. I'm just saying they're the, the, the speed of which they swung the bat. If I were a pitcher, I would be, I'd be, they'd have to change my uniform. So um, oh. it's interesting because they're like, in terms of first ballots, I mean, Beltran and Frankie Rodriguez, I mean, there's no one on the ballot that's such an overwhelming favorite that you have to look at Rodriguez. You have to look at Ramirez and Helton and Sheffield and even, you know, Pettit to a lesser degree. And, um, and Jimmy Rollins, who's on the ballot again, you know, to take a good long look at some of them and start to think of which one, who's, who's going to be in the hall of fame moving forward. Your guy Vizquel's on the ballot once again. I know you love a little Omar Vizquel, probably not. Um, yeah. No. Looking ahead of next year's ballot is kind of interesting. One guy on here that I thought was, an interesting candidate who's not going to make it, but just 
from the way his career started to how it ended with Matt Cain, because we saw in this year's ballot, Tim Lincecum was on it. And if you told me after the first five years in Tim Lincecum's Hall uh, in his career, was he going to make the Hall of Fame or not? I think everyone would have put it at like 95% Tim Lincecum was going to make the Hall of Fame. He was like two-time Cy Young Award winner, World Series champion. And then it kind of all fell apart by the time he was like age 28 to age 30. And then you look at Matt Cain, it's like the same thing, dominant when he was young. He had that, what, perfect game of no-hitter early in his career. He won a World Series. He was huge early in his career. And then all of a sudden, like a Tim Lincecum late in his 20s when he hit the age of 30 basically all fell apart for Matt Cain as well so I just look at that early Giants rotation with Tim Lincecum and Matt Cain both of those guys those first five years in baseball two of the best pitchers in the game then by the time the age of 30 they were both kind of out of baseball at the same time so it's just too crazy those guys who were on early track to make the Hall of Fame and then just kind of flamed out by the end of it it'd be interesting to make a list of those kind of pitchers who started off like Brett Saberhagen started off that way. Fernando Valenzuela started off that way. Um, you know, heck, uh, uh, Brandon Webb of the Diamondbacks won a Cy yeah. Young. Like he was about to get another one. And then all of a sudden his career was over. You know, like it, you see some of these pictures and like, like you were saying, like Lincecum, who to this day, like he represents to so many giant fans, the, the sort of the turn of the franchise. Like the, when Barry Bonds left, it ended at the end of 07, Lincecum showed up and Lincecum represented this new hope for the franchise, which culminated in he basically pitched him to the 2010 World Series title. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two with Sully Baseball. Remember, I'm on vacation, so I will be doing pre-recorded podcasts all week. So we got Sully Baseball part two tomorrow discussing show a otani should the angels trade him and then we got javier reyes on as well from lockdown padres so come back tomorrow for more dimebacks news coverage and insight thank you for making lockdown dimebacks first listen every day go make your second listen lockdown mlb with sully baseball because you guys already know he's a walking baseball encyclopedia and as always stay safe stay healthy deuces <laughs>